In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. These are two pretty touchy subjects tonight. Murder and sex. Now when I say just sex, obviously you are understanding it in terms of the only place where God has said, express it in a pleasing manner, meaning marriage. It's kind of interesting in our own history and in our own families. We have different views of sexuality. And God gave it as a gift to be enjoyed, but he gave it as a gift to be enjoyed only in marriage. Not before marriage when you're getting serious with that person, and not after marriage when that person may not hold the same light as they once held, but only in that situation of marriage. But that's not really the most painful part of marriage, is it? The most painful part of marriage began, well, began at the beginning of time, when Adam and Eve had eaten of the fruit that God had forbidden them to eat from, and they were hiding from God. And when questioned, that is Adam, by God to come clean and to confess to in order to be forgiven, began the war that has been brewing and still lurks at all of our relationships as married couples since then, the blame game and the use of words to kill. When Adam was asked, did you eat from the fruit of the tree which I had told you not to eat from? And Adam responded, the woman you put here, O God, she is my problem. Men have been blaming women for all kinds of different problems in their own lives. And women have been blaming men for their problems in their own lives. And so it goes, round and round. Throw out the door, that old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me because you have seen in your own parents' eyes, growing up in your family when you were a little girl or a little boy, the great pain upon your father's face or upon your mother's face by words spoken or the lack thereof words spoken. And we swear to ourselves, it'll never happen in my relationship with my spouse. And so it goes. Because we learn them from somebody. And we perpetuate them on in our own lives. We've been given a great gift in our church we have the second largest school system in the country. Nobody other than the Roman Catholic Church has more preschools, more grade schools, more high schools or universities than we do, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And in those schools, there is 
these subjects taught as they are because we think it very important also in our confirmation and catechetical classes for our youth and adults. But what separates us from every other moral institution is the other side of the story that is proclaimed. For if all we hear is words kill, and we know we have killed other people with our words, we've seen it in their faces, we felt the impact upon our own heart as it cut us deep and wide. But without something to balm and bring comfort to those wounds, it's moralism. And it's all about works. And it's all about doing the best job and not forgiveness. That's the gift we've been given in our church and in our schools is to also proclaim that very important other side of God's revelation. Not only the law, which completely shows forth our sins as a mirror, and no matter how we clean it up, and no matter how we act on the outside, the heart from which those words flow across those lips still is revealed as that which God says, sinful from my mother's birth, my mother's womb, in other words. But it is that gospel, that balm of forgiveness that separates and differentiates what we do. In this evening's gospel reading, you heard Jesus address both murder and adultery and then a couple of other places where words are very powerful, where words ought not to be said unless they are met and followed through with. And then not only that, but the most difficult part of all, giving out forgiveness to the people and giving out love to the people who do not deserve forgiveness or love. That's the challenge that bites us in the rear each and every time. Because pagans and tax collectors, as we see propagated in front of our very eyes, can love and forgive the people who love and forgive them. But what sets you apart as a baptized child of God is that you are markedly different. You are called by God because of your own forgiveness to be so forgiving and loving of those who are your enemies so that that bitterness does not grow. And bitterness can be manifested in many ways, but the most common is, I'm not hurt. It didn't bother me. It's okay. That's still bitterness brewing. We ought to be more honest and just be angry. Because then at least we can call it what it is. But no, our piety, we wish to wrap it up in a beautiful package, but it still stinks of what is inside of that package. Bitterness. When Jesus spoke in those words... He referred to only one fulfillment of those words, himself. You heard it in Isaiah's prophecy. The one who bore our sins and transgressions. The one who made us 
forgiven and set apart was fulfilled by him who did not murder ever with words and never forsook his spouse, you, the church, his bride, but was faithful to you and to me in spite of all of our running away and whoring after our own will and our own desires and our own pride that's been hurt or injured. So he has bore such pain for us. That's the gift we have here, gathered around the font as his children. It's our re-entry point. We stand before that font, knowing full well we are his children, and knowing full well what kind of children we are. And needing to be reminded, because Satan doesn't want us to be reminded of, the open arms of the Father who embraces you again. This morning, our Lenten worship was filled mostly with our students from school. It was a little bit different sermon. Obviously, none of them are married. (laughs) But many of them live with divorced parents. Many of them live with loving family members who are divorced. And the instant thought in their mind is, I must have done something wrong which is why they are now divorced. Jesus fulfilled that wrong and paid for it. And in the same way that can be said of that child, it was not your fault that your mommy and daddy divorced. They have to bear the consequences and confess But with that confession, there is forgiveness. So it is with you. You have the opportunity to give balm and healing to many people in your life whom you know suffer pains of memories, of brokenness, of unfulfilled expectations, and things that we did not want to have happen, happen. It does not make you less And it does not make us more. It makes us both dependent and in need of what God has to offer in our re-adoption as His children. Children need to know that mommy and daddy love them. Children need to know that they're not going to be left and forsaken. You are that child. And many times as you wrestle with the fifth and sixth commandment in your life as I do in mine, we wonder at times and have to be comforted with that solace that our husband will never leave us and our Heavenly Father will never forsake us and we are His and shall always be by that grace that pulled us into this place in the first place. Be comforted, O brothers and sisters, and bring that comfort to others that they would know the comfort with which you have been comforted, that they might also comfort others as well. In Jesus' name, amen.